morning and welcome to Northwoods. My name's Hope and I'm so glad that you are tuning in this morning. Now, if it's your first time here, I just wanna say welcome. We love having new visitors and I would love to personally get to know you and meet you. So take out your phone and text new to the number on your screen. That'll put you in connection with me and I can answer any questions you have. And again, just help you get more connected here around the church. Now, speaking of being connected, I also invite you to fill out the connection card in the Northwoods mobile app. And now that does let us know that you're here tuning in and you'll probably see an email from me later on in the week. But more importantly, it's a great resource for you to get connected, just like it sounds like, the connection card. And one of the ways that you can do that is by getting information about next steps at Northwoods. And one of those is one that I'm so excited to tell you about. And that is Baptism Sunday, which is coming up next weekend. Now, baptisms are a big celebration and party here at Northwoods. And it's going to be an awesome time because we are celebrating everyone who is deciding to make a public declaration of their faith by saying, hey, I love Jesus and I want everybody to know about it. And I'm going to take this next step of baptism. So if you'd like to get more information about Baptism Sunday, you can go ahead and check that box in the connection card or check out the link on your screen. But of course, we want to see the place packed. We want to see all of our campuses packed. We want to see lots of people online in the chat and just celebrating together as we watch all of these people take their next step of baptism. So anyway, that's all that I have for you in terms of things coming up at the church. As always, I want to invite you to join the chat this morning. I'd love to know who you are and where you're tuning in from. And also, if you need prayer for anything, our team is standing by so you can click on that request prayer button and one of us would love to pray with you. Let's get ready to worship together. Good morning, church. Why don't you go ahead and stand up on your feet as we just start to worship Jesus. He's worthy. We have so much to be grateful for. Come on, church. Let's sing it out. This is the day that you have made. Whatever
just one away The darkest house to be changed Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch My eyes are open to see My heart can't help but believe Come on, every voice we say
Spirit of God, pour out on us whatever it looks like, wherever you lead. Spirit of God, pour out on us. We pray, Lord. Spirit of God, pour out on us.
so many people who've been praying for a breakthrough. You've been praying for a miracle. Say, God, you've got to do this. We spend time praying before we ever get started in the morning, and my friend, Pastor Josh, was talking about how so many times we try to hold on to that thing and say, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to make this happen. And all God is saying, would you please let it go? I'm the one that will bring the change. See, when we bring the change, it's not going to last. But when he brings the change, it lasts. There's fruit from the work that he does. So if you're comfortable, I'll ask you to do one or two things. You can raise your hands to him as an act of surrender right now. Or maybe you just want to lift your palms as an act of I want to receive. And say, Lord, bring the breakthrough. Bring your miracle. Lord, I need restoration right now. Whatever it is, we're just going to spend a couple minutes in His presence, talking to Him. He loves that when we do it. And He can hear all of us. So would you just now just talk to the Lord. Oh, Lord, have your way in this place. Lord, bring breakthrough. Only you can do, we God. We seal with you. We know you're moving. We seal. So Lord, we, we avail ourselves to you. Lord of Lords. 
Once again, we're so glad that you're here today. We're so glad that you've decided to worship with us this morning. As you take your seat and as we continue on with our service, we want to let you know that there's a lot of exciting things happening here at Northwoods. And who better else than to share that with you than Pastor Nathan. So go ahead and check out the screens. Well, welcome everyone to Northwoods. So glad that you've joined us this Sunday. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And I wanna say, if you're here today and you're brand new, we so badly want to meet you. We'd love to meet you. We don't want you to just come and you know check out the service. We want you to actually get connected with real people that are here and part of this church. So if you've got your phone, you can either text the number that's coming up on the screen, or you can go to one of the new here kiosks out in the lobby, say hi. Because again, we'd love to meet you and get you connected into this church body. For the rest of you that you're here Sunday in and Sunday out, I wanna remind you, pull out that connection card, let us know that you're joining us. And remember that anything I talk about today in the announcements, if you want to know what are my next steps with that, how do I get more information about that, you can access all that right there in the connection card, all right? And um, speaking of next steps, follow me. Are you going? Speaking of next steps, some of you, your next step is to be baptized. Maybe you came to know Jesus recently and you haven't been, you haven't been baptized yet. Well, coming up on the 5th, we're having baptisms. And I promise you, I promise, 
It's not that bad. Once you get in after a little bit, your legs just kind of go numb and uh, it'll be a great time. You're, you're gonna give yourself to the Lord and you're not even good. What? What are you doing? I'm doing the announcement video for baptisms. The baptisms are inside. <laughs> praise God. Oh, 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 praise God. We actually have a couple of important things going on here in February that we want you to know about. The first is our Valentine's date night. So if you're here, you're a couple, and you're thinking, what could we do to celebrate Valentine's Day? This is the perfect event for you. It's coming up February 11th, okay? It's $60 per couple, but let me tell you, that $60 is gonna get you a catered meal. You're gonna have fun being together, getting to know other couples, spending time together, and then we will have a live swing band, okay? So if you can't dance, this is your chance to learn. So come on out, join us for that Valentine's date night. And then as we approach the end of February, February 25th and 26th, our founding pastor is going to be teaching setting captives free. Now this is great for any of you who wanna hear more about how we do deliverance ministry here at Northwoods. This provides the biblical teaching and basis and foundation for why and how we do deliverance ministry, helping people get free from spiritual oppression. So come on out if you've never been or if you're just interested, please come join us. It's those two days, Friday and Saturday, and I know you'll be blessed and encouraged and you're gonna learn a lot as you're there, okay? Lastly, I wanna say thank you to all of you that give because it is your giving that allows us to do all the ministry that we do here at Northwoods. We seriously, we couldn't do it without your sacrificial and generous giving. So we always wanna say thank you. We want to honor your giving. If you are giving today, remember you can give at the back of the auditorium, at the drop boxes. You can give online, by text, in the app, whatever you wanna do. And speaking of giving, here's one thing that your giving is actually helping make happen, and that is church planning. Check out this video. And Christina. And we are the pastors of Tribe City Church here in Surprise, Arizona. We're so excited to be partnering with Northwoods. We love Northwoods. We love Peoria, Illinois. Never knew where that was, but now we do. And it's so great. We love the city. We love Pastor John and all he's doing out there and the elders. And so we just want to say, as you're praying for us, our vision and goal this year is to go. Go and grow his kingdom, Matthew 28, 19, build disciples. And so we just ask, would you pray for us as we do that, as we take the church to the streets, as we take the church past the four walls and just build his kingdom this year. 
Yeah, a lot of great things happening there. Northwoods, great to see you. And uh, that video you just saw, again, our media team was down last week with Tribe City Church as they were launching their very first launch Sunday. And I shared last week that Jonathan is one whom we have identified with the call of God on his life to plant. And we have decided to partner together. He was talking about Peoria. He actually, him and his wife had the privilege of coming up here to the Midwest a few months ago, got to spend some time with them and uh, our hearts just aligned. We felt like, you know, this is a good thing. We're We're gonna move forward and partner together. So they are church plant number three. Of the 20 the Lord has called us, we believe he's called us to plant in the U.S. And then, like I said last week, number four is Fort Worth Bible Church with Graham McMillan in Fort Worth, Texas. We talked about them last week as well. They had their very first launch Sunday last week, had a great launch as well. And I look forward to introducing you to Jonathan and Graham in the days ahead. But I want to take just a quick moment this morning to kind of connect the dots for you around church planning and what just happened last week with the launch of these two churches. On October 2nd last year, I preached a message on on why church planting matters. And I wanna remind you that in that service, at the very end of the message, we prayed as a church that God would help us to identify two church planters. And I asked you individually, to be praying that God would help us to identify two people with a call to plant a church on their lives. And we prayed together in that service. That was October. And not long after, the Lord connected us with Jonathan and Graham. And we have a member of our team who spent time assessing them, helping to prepare them for the launch. And here we are in January, and we have just partnered with two individuals who have, who have planted a church. I want you to understand, Northwoods, the Lord answered our prayers. We can give him thanks for that. Thank you, Lord. There's power when we come together and pray. We also have reason to celebrate because today is day 21 of the fast. Today is the last day. You can turn to your neighbor and say, it looks like you lost some weight, all right? It's day 21 of the fast. And, uh, you know, I'll share with you something the Lord taught me during this fast. You know, I've been, you know, every year during the fast, I'm always seeking the Lord and asking for a greater understanding of how maybe he's gifted me. And, you know, Paul told us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And throughout this fast, I realized that I have the spiritual gift of eating. Does anyone else have this gift? Like, (laughs) this is your gift. I'm about to exercise that gift in a new way come tonight when this thing comes to an end. But on a serious note, I hope the last 21 days were an impactful time for you as you spent time seeking the Lord. And for those of you who were seeking the Lord for a specific breakthrough, seeking the Lord for a specific answer to prayer, and here you are on day 21 and it seems like nothing has happened, I want to encourage you with a picture the Lord gave me this week. You know, a few months ago, one of my children They brought home a little Dixie cup full of dirt in which they had planted a bean. So you know that little little kids do this at times at school. And so there's a Dixie cup with dirt in it and a bean is planted in that dirt. And so what you do is you sit it on the windowsill, you water it, and then you wait. And for the first several days, for the first while, it just appears to be nothing but a cup of dirt. 
And of course, my daughter's asking, you know, is anything happening? Nothing's happening. It seems nothing appears to be happening. But we all know that more is happening than meets the eye. You just can't tell. But then one day, that sprout appears, right? Something was happening all along, even though we couldn't see it. And I want to just encourage you, it's the same way with prayer and with fasting. As you fast and as you pray, you are planting seeds. And just because you can't see anything happening right now in this moment does not mean nothing is happening. Because there is always more happening than meets the eye when it comes to prayer. God is working even if you can't see it. So I want to encourage you, keep praying and trusting that in his timing, he will bring what you've been praying about. He'll bring the fruit of your prayers, that they will come to fruition. And I've had years where the Lord answered a prayer of mine, just boom, in the midst of a fast. But I've had other years where it took a long time. You know, this week I looked back at some of the prayers, some of my prayers over the years. And I realized that a prayer that I began praying in 2015, I didn't see the answer. I didn't see it come to fruition until 2020. There was five years between the beginning of that prayer and when I saw the Lord bring that prayer to fruition. And I share that to say that you can trust the Lord. He is working on your behalf. He has heard your prayers. In fact, let's just stop right now and let, let's just thank him again that he is a God who hears. So Lord, again, we thank you for what you've done and what you are doing over these last 21 days in our lives. And Lord, I pray you just encourage our hearts again that you have heard our prayers and that in your timing, they will come to pass, Lord. In your timing and in your way, they will come to pass. And so I pray for endurance for your people, Lord. I pray that this hope would rise up again, that we serve a God who is good, whom we can trust in, Lord. And so I thank you for everything that has happened in this fast and is going to happen because of, uh, what, uh, because of our leaning into you. And so we thank you for that, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, today... We close out our House of Prayer series. We've been learning about different prayer patterns to guide us as we cultivate the discipline of a daily prayer time. And I've discovered over the years that most people know they should pray and even desire to pray, but don't really know what to do. And so many times prayer turns into kind of like, you know, placing an order at the heavenly drive through Say, you know, uh, yeah, I'll take, a, uh, I'll take a healed knee, uh, a promotion at work, and can I get a side of patience to deal with my kids? And then, yeah, sure, throw in a milkshake, that'll be it, I'll see you at the window. Right, many of us have the inspiration, we want to pray, but sometimes we need some information. How do I do this? And this is where patterns come in. This is why we've been talking about this. They give us a way to model our prayers and help us develop the daily discipline of prayer. So we've looked at the Lord's prayer pattern. We've looked at tabernacle prayer, the tabernacle prayer pattern. And last week we talked about the Jabez prayer pattern. And today I had originally planned to teach you the Trinity prayer pattern. But this week I just sensed the Lord shifting my heart in a different direction than I had originally planned. So some other day I'll teach you the Trinity prayer pattern. But today I want to introduce you to what I'm going to call the revival prayer pattern. And this comes from a famous passage of scripture 
found in 2 Corinthians 7. Some of you know it. If you have your Bible and want to follow along, that's where we're going to be. Second, I'm sorry, did I say 2 Corinthians? 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you have your Bible and want to follow along, that's where we'll be. 2 Chronicles 7. And leading up to this passage, King Solomon had just completed the construction of the temple and he dedicated it to the Lord. And the Lord appears to him and says, in verse 13 and 14, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So he starts by saying, when. When I allow certain things to happen. What certain things are we talking about? Rain, locusts, and plagues. Now, we're going to get into this prayer pattern, but I, want to, I don't want to skip over verse 13 because this is incredibly applicable to where we find ourselves today. Okay, he says, when there is no rain. So I want you to just think of this in when, there, when natural disasters take place. Droughts, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, forest fires, natural disasters. When locusts devour the land. What does that mean? Well, in ancient Israel, they were predominantly an agrarian society. So if a locust swarm came through and devoured your entire crop, not only have you lost your crops, but you are going to experience a severe economic downturn. So we could say when the economy takes a hit, when eggs cost $10 a dozen, Okay? When you see natural disasters, when you see an economic downturn, and then he says, when there is a plague. In other words, when there's a pandemic, something we've been through, when a virus sweeps a nation. When these things happen or have happened, God is saying they should get your attention. Doesn't mean that God is the one who said, here, I'm going I'm to send this. It just means sometimes God says, I'm going to step back and, and so I'll allow some of these things. To happen, And when I allow them to happen, they should get your attention. And what should be our response? It goes on. What should we do? He says, if my people who are called by my name, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you are one who is called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want you to understand he gives us sort of a recipe for revival. There's four things he explicitly tells us to do. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. We're to do these four things. And I want you to notice that while prayer is one of the four I have found that all four can be encompassed in prayer. And so I want to show you how to use this scripture as a prayer pattern in your life. And I believe that the, the time is ripe for us to be using this as a prayer pattern in our lives because of what is happening in our land. We desperately need healing in our land. 
So there's four components to this prayer. And I'll say this, component number one, I'm gonna call it submission. That's humble ourselves. Submission, humble ourselves. When you look at instances of people humbling themselves before the Lord in scripture, it was an act of submitting themselves to the Lord. In fact, if you look at the New Testament in the book of James, chapter four, he quotes from Proverbs and he says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And the very next verse says, submit yourselves to God. How do you humble yourself? Humble yourself, you submit yourself to God. So humbling yourself speaks of submitting yourself to the Lord. In the Bible, the picture can be that of military troops being arranged under the command of their leader. Humbling yourself means I submit my life to you and I come under your leadership in my life. I'm under your leadership, Holy Spirit. So using this pattern, we come before the Lord in our prayer time, and you can start by just submitting yourself and bringing yourself under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And in doing this, I encourage you to think in terms of your mouth, your ears, your eyes, and your feet. I see this in the book of Proverbs. Let me show you this, and then we'll talk through it. Proverbs 4.24 says, keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk from your lips. So there's your mouth. And it goes on to say, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. So there's your eyes. Then it says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So, you got your mouth, your eyes, your feet. And then the very next verse, in the beginning of chapter five, now, uh, originally there weren't chapter divisions in the Bible. We added those, so sometimes this stuff is just all bunched together. So this would be the very next, the very next line goes on to say, my son, pay attention to wisdom. Turn your ears to my words of insight. So he talked about your mouth, your eyes, your feet, and your ears. So in each of these areas, you can submit them to the Lord. I'll bring these under the leadership of the Holy Spirit today. So we'd say my mouth, what I say, what I say. Speech is a significant issue in our lives. We can grieve the Holy Spirit through, what, through our speech. So I, I want to bring my mouth and everything I say under his leadership. May the words of my mouth today be honoring to you. So you start with your mouth, then your eyes, what you see. Holy Spirit, I bring my eyes under your leadership. You know, I prayed this on Friday, and later that morning, I was at the gas station, filling up our van, just kind of scrolling through a news app on my phone. And one of the headline stories was about a prominent woman uh, and some bombshell, bombshell sex scandal she's involved in. Basically, just clickbait. And for a second, I was like, you know, I wonder what that's about. But then I just felt the Holy Spirit say, doesn't even matter. Don't even go there. We're good. Not even worth looking at and reading through. I said, you know what? You're right. I, this morning, I submitted my eyes to your leadership. Not even going there. So we submit our mouth, what we say, eyes, what you see, feet where you go. Holy Spirit, I bring my feet under your leadership. Lead me and guide me today. Where I sense you leading, I'm gonna follow. Keep me from places, we talked about this last week, 
that bring unnecessary temptation. You're the one I'm following. And then ears, what you hear. And I think this is so important because you know what the Bible says? Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So think about this. You feed yourself physically through your mouth, but you feed yourself spiritually, you're fed spiritually through your ears. You ever thought about this? And so it becomes extremely important that we think about what am I feeding myself through my ears? We think a lot about like, oh, I want to make sure I put good food in my body. I want, you know, I, I know how if I put bad food in my body, how it's going to affect me. But we don't always think that way about the things that we let in our ears. You let bad things in your ears, you, you, you know, it can do the same thing. I want, to, I want to be letting things in my ears that are building up my faith. God gave you eyelids. You ever thought about this? But he didn't give you ear lids. So you have to be selective in what you're listening to. You know, you can even ask the Holy Spirit to help you be a better listener. On the topic of listening, my wife sent me a quote this week as a joke. And it said, I should have put this up on the screen, but it said, nobody has ever been more surprised than a husband hearing about his wife's plans for the second time. You get it? <laughs> My wife shared her plans. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What did you say? She's like, this is the second time I shared this with you. How is it surprised you? I'm like, I, you never said this. I've said it twice. I, I say, no, I blame it on the pregnancy. You have, you have not said that. <laughs> but sometimes I have to pray, Lord, help me to listen to my wife when she shares things with me, <laughs> okay? So you submit your mouth, what you say, eyes, what you see, feet, where you go, ears, what you hear. You start by submitting yourself to the Lord's leadership. That's, that's humbling yourself, submission. So the first component is submission. You start there. Here's component number two, intercession. So he said, humble yourselves and pray. Now, we could take prayer a lot of different ways, but I like to think of it in this, in this terms as intercession. In other words, speaking to God on behalf of others. You know, we try to teach our kids this around the table at night when we come together for dinner. So when we sit down to pray, you know, it's like, okay, I want you to think about who should we be praying for? You know, we're gonna, we're gonna bless the food, but are there any friends in your life you need to, need to pray for? Any family members? Is there anyone sick? You know, let, let's pray for them. We're teaching them to think about not just themselves, but how can we pray for others? And I don't want to mislead you. Sometimes when we sit down at our table, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm hungry. Let someone just pray and let's eat. But, you know, most of the time we're trying to teach them as we pray. And so kind of, you know, we kind of have the rule that we pray before we eat. We pray and then we eat. And the other day, a few weeks back, we were praying. This is so funny. And my two-year-old son, Aaron, he has nailed the part about closing his eyes. We say when we pray, he literally will clench his eyes and he'll sit there like this. And so we're, we're praying, you know, we're, we're praying for other people. And uh, out of the corner of my eye, my eyes weren't closed, <laughs> I looked over and here's my two-year-old son, Aaron, like this. We're praying and all of a sudden he starts reaching out to the table with his eyes closed. <laughs> And then he grabs a sweet potato fry and he brings it back. <laughs> starts chewing while he's got his eyes closed and he's eating. I mean, I, it was everything I could do to just not start busting out laughing. So he's learned to pray for others while eating at the same time. 
okay? But when it comes to praying for others, it's here I would encourage you to keep a list. For some of you are like, oh yes, I love lists. Like at the top of my favorite things to do is making lists. Now, some might look at making prayer lists and having prayer patterns as turning prayer into some rote mechanical thing we go through. Now, there might be some who see it that way, but I see it simply as a way of making prayer a priority. Yes, you most definitely can pray anytime, anywhere. You, don't, you, you can go through your day and say, oh, Lord, I, I need you for that. You, know, you, you can pray anytime, anywhere. But I've just found in my own life that if I'm gonna make prayer a priority and I'm gonna cultivate a daily discipline of praying, it helps me to have a designated time that I'm gonna sit down and pray. It helps me to have prayer lists, things I'm gonna pray through, patterns. It, it, just, it helps to have a devoted time and something to guide you in your prayers. So I would encourage you to keep a list of other people and places you should be praying for. So on your list, like I said, should be people and places. Keep a list of the people in your life you're gonna pray for regularly. Family, friends. You know, how often do people come to us and we say things like, oh man, yeah, that's, I feel for you. I, I, you know what, I'm gonna be praying for you. And we do it because it sounds like the right thing to say, but we're most likely not going to pray for them. I mean, I'm, I'm not mean to be harsh. Some of you may do that, but I, I've been there before. I'm like, yeah, I'll be praying for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a week goes by, I'm like, I never prayed for him. I just totally forgot. I just, it just sounded like the right thing to say. And I want to encourage you, don't be someone who just promises to pray for people. Let's be people who practice praying for people. So when you hear a need in the moment, you can stop and pray for them right there. But you know, you also might just pull out your phone and say, you know what, I'm gonna put this down because I wanna put you on my list and I'm gonna be praying for you. So don't just promise to pray for people, practice praying for people. And I've found it helps to have a list. So I like to pray for my family, friends, people in your sphere of influence. Pray for those in authority. Scripture tells us to pray for the people leading our cities and our nation. We pray for unreached people groups. So you pray for people, places. So here you can pray for your neighborhood. Lord, I pray that you just release the light of the kingdom over my neighborhood, over my city, over our nation. You pray for Israel. We just did a, you know, a daily devotional on this, praying for the peace of Israel and that there would be Jews who would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So you start with submission, bringing ourselves under his leadership, then you move to intercession, praying for people and places. And then here's component number three, petition. He wanted to say, seek my face. When you look at God's word, seek is mainly used in desperate situations in which God is the only hope of deliverance. So I want you to think of situations, problems that seem to have no solution that seem to have you all worried and anxious. The Apostle Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, there's that word, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So it's here, you might ask yourself, what is going on in my life that has me anxious or worried? 
What's happening in my life that I seem to have no solution for? What is it that's weighing me down? So I want to kind of illustrate how, how things can weigh us down and what our response can be sometimes. So this right here is, looks like a backpack, but it's really, it's a, I think they call it a, a ruck pack. Have you ever heard people who go rucking? It's basically, this is one of my friends, uh, it's basically where you put weights in your backpack. So this is a 30-pound weight. Go ahead and put this in. You put weights in your backpack, and then you go walk really long distances just for the exercise. In fact, this, um, this friend of mine who this is his, he actually walked 50 miles straight with this thing all the way through the night. That's pretty uh, incredible. Let me see if I can get this thing in there. So there's 30 pounds. And then you have, here's another 20 pounds. So we'll put the 20 pounder in there. So let me get this figured out. Come on. This thing's going away from me, all right? So there we go. I got my 50 pounds in, and I'm going to go rucking here. So I want you to think about this backpack and the things that are in it as kind of the things that we, oh, man, ah, a little less energy because I've been fasting, right? Okay, so I want you to think of this pack on my back as the things representing the things that we carry through life. Okay, so if you, if you know this, that there are things, life can just weigh on you at times. There are things that begin to weigh on you that get heavy in this life. And so what a lot of people do is they just, you know what, they say, you know what, I'm going to strap in. This is a part of life. I'm going to buckle up and I'm going to carry this weight. That's what I do. So you go through life, you carry it. And the longer you carry it, the heavier it gets. And so some people carry until they crash. There comes a crash in their life. But the wise thing to do would not just say, I'm just going to buckle it up. You know, I'm going to buckle up and I'm going to carry it. The wise thing to do would be from time to time, stop and assess what is it that's weighing me down. Take some time to assess what is it that's weighing me down. And I think you'll find that as you stop and assess and ask that question, what is it that's weighing me down? You'll find there are some things in your life that are under your control that you have the ability to offload. You can literally say, you know what? I'm gonna make this go away. What are those things? Well, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I say, yes, I'd love to do that for you. Yes, 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 yes. And I add all these things to my plate. And then I look down and say, I've added 10 different things to my plate, but nothing has come off. I'm feeling the weight of overcommitting myself. But here's the good news. That's within my control. I can offload some things. I can say no. And I've had to learn, and this, has been, this will be helpful to you. Denying a request is not the same thing as denying a person. You can say no. Denying a request does not mean you're denying the person. It's not the same thing. So there are some things in your life that are within your ability to control. You can offload them. You can make them go away. That's good news. But there are other things in your life that you have no control over. Life puts these things on you. So we could talk about, uh, you know, economic downturn. We could talk about problems that arise at work. We could talk about a bad report, health report you get from the doctor, the loss of a loved one. These are things 
that are outside of our control that can weigh on us, right? And so you, you cannot, these are outside of your control. You can't just make these go away. So what do you do? Well, I found that while they're outside of my control and I can't make them go away, I can decide who I'm going to allow to carry the weight of it. See, here, here's, the, here's what it comes down to. I can either give these things to God and allow him to carry the weight, or I can keep them from God and I can carry the weight myself. And I've just found that life goes a lot better for me when I bring these things to God, not just one, just, just one, just not just one and done, but daily I bring these things to God and I say, God, I'm not sure what to do with this. These are out of my control. They're weighing on me. I, I don't control the outcome. And so you know what, Lord? You told us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. So I'm gonna give these to you today because I can't carry this weight. And so here you go. And so you know what? I, when I do that, when you do that, you're going to find as you make that a practice and release it to him over time, you're going to find that what Paul said is true because he wanted to say in the very next verse, as you do this, as you present your request to God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. I think it's interesting when you look up that word peace, there are instances in the Bible, there are instances where that word peace can be used in the negative to mean to be without. We could say peace, meaning to be without the weight. I've given it to God. So I want to ask you, with, the, with those things in your life, in this part of the prayer, you come to him and say, Lord, these, these are some things that I have no solution for. I don't know what to do. They're outside of my control. And so I'm going to give them to you today, Lord. And I'm asking you to carry him. I'm going to play my part. But I'm going to let these rest with you. When you let him carry it, there's peace. You know, last summer I realized there were so many things in my life that seemed like they were loose ends. And I didn't have a solution for them. It was right about the time that I stepped into the senior pastor role here at Northwoods. I was like, I got all these problems. I don't know what to do with them. And so one day I just sat down and I wrote it all out to God and said, you know what, I don't know how to fix these things. These are things that are outside of my control. So the only thing I know to do is to entrust them to you and the outcomes to you. And I was going back and looking over that list again this week and praying over it, and I was awakened to the realization that for some of those things, not all of them, but for some of those things and situations that I didn't have any answers for, that I would come to the Lord and pray and seek his face about him, in his timing, he worked him out. I could have sat there all stressed and worried and anxious about what am I going to do? And I look back, you know what? I'm so thankful. I just said, Lord, I'm going to place this in your hands every day. I'm going to come to you. Lord, just in your hands. And over time, it's amazing. God just tends in his timing to work out things. You can trust him with your stuff. Bring your petitions and requests to God. Leave the outcomes of things in his hands. Let him carry it. So in your prayer time, you start with submission, coming under your leadership. Then you move to intercession, praying for other people. Then you move to petition, giving your request to God. 
And then here's component number four, repentance. It goes on to say, they turn from their wicked ways. Repentance is the idea of turning from sin. So I'm walking this way, I turn from sin and I turn towards God. It's a 180 degree move. I don't just say, oh, this is, I, I, here's, I was walking in sin and I tell you, oh, nope, I'm gonna walk the other way and I'm gonna walk towards God. We do this when we first surrender to God, but we also continue to do this in our relationship with the Lord because we all know this, we sometimes sin. So let me explain why repentance is important. You know, growing up, uh, there was a pond across from the neighborhood where I lived. And uh, I was big into fishing, and so I would ride my bike over there, and I would fish all the time. It was just literally, it's a neighborhood right over here across from the church. And so I'd go over there and fish a lot, but I had this, I had a, my younger sister, Victoria, she always wanted to tag along with me. And I was like, no, I, in my mind, I'm going to fish. I'm not going to be responsible for my little sister, untangle her line, you know, tie on lures, all that stuff. I'm going to fish. It's for me, not for you. And so there'd be times where I'd be getting all my fishing gear out, getting ready to go, and Victoria would come out the door and say, oh, you're going fishing, will you take me with you? And I'd say, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm actually not going fishing, I'm just like organizing some of my tackle here, and I'm, I'm not going fishing. No, not today, you know, it's not a good time, you know, the barometric pressure, you know, it's not a good time. Uh, so no, I'm not going fishing. And so she might hang outside for a little bit, and then as soon as she would walk in, I'd run over, gather all my things, get on my bike, and I'd just wheel away and just, I'm going fishing. I don't want her with me. Now, if you were to ask me, again, we joke about it today, but if you were to ask me to acknowledge that lying to my little sister was wrong, I would have agreed with you. Yes, probably shouldn't do that. I acknowledge it. But I also would have told you that even though it was wrong, I had no intention of changing because I didn't want her with me. I know it's wrong, but I'm not taking you fishing with me. I'm going by myself. And this is why we need repentance in our lives because repentance goes beyond merely acknowledging our sins. It moves us to turn away and walk towards God. It's acknowledging my sin before God, but then deciding I'm not gonna continue down the same path. Now, I'll say that sometimes there might be places in our lives where we continually fall into the same sins. And we wanna walk a different path, but no matter what we do, we just can't seem to change. I've been there before. And I wanna encourage you, if that's you, it's probably, it, it indicates that some deeper level ministry is needed. And we wanna help you. And so I'd encourage you to check out northwoods.church slash prayer. We offer prayer appointments in a safe environment and often, we see people walk away having found freedom. So it's here in your prayer time that you come before the Lord and you ask him to gently point out any area where sin is present in your life. And you repent, if there is. And you say, Lord, I choose to turn away and I turn towards you. Increase my love for your ways. And you know, I was thinking about this this week. You know, if I were to ask you, what is the greatest danger or what is the greatest threat facing our nation right now? We might have, you know, you ask several different people that, you're gonna get several different answers. 
Some might say, well, you know, the greatest threat is uh, climate change. Some might say that the greatest threat is this, the division going on in our nation. The, the greatest threat is Russia or China. People might have all kinds of different answers. But here's what I know to be true from God's word. The greatest threat to our nation is people living with unrepentant hearts. And that starts with you and with me. The greatest threat is people living with unrepentant heart. It always starts with me and my heart. I'm going to make sure before I point fingers and say, this person, this person, all this, this is ruining our country. I'm going to make sure that my heart's in alignment with God. Because hearts out of alignment can be the greatest threat to this nation. So in this prayer, you come, you submit yourself to his leadership. Then you move to intercession. You're praying for people, places. Then you bring your requests, petition. You, you bring them to God. And then lastly, you ask the Lord to point out, is there any place in me where I'm out of alignment with you? And you repent. And you choose to walk towards him. Again, that's a prayer. I've said this every week. That's a prayer pattern that you can pray in five minutes. That's a prayer pattern you can take an hour with. And so again, I hope this is another pattern that you can just, you can use all four of those patterns. Sometimes you might use a pattern from the first week we use. Use it for a week or two and you go, oh, I need to mix it up. Use them, mix them up. Keep it fresh in your prayer time with the Lord. So I wanna ask you to stand as we close and I wanna pray for you. And church, I hope this series has been helpful to you. I hope it helps you take your prayer life to a new level. And I wanna encourage you that the things that you've been doing in the fast. Sometimes we think, you know, I, I, man, I really dedicated myself to the Lord for 21 days. Yeah, the, the, the days ahead might look a little bit different. Your, your eating habits might change. Some of the things you let go of might change. But I want to encourage you. Don't just let prayer be something that stays in those 21 days. Let it be something that says, you know, this is a habit that I'm going to continue to cultivate all throughout the year. So, Lord, we thank you for our time this morning and Lord I thank you for just the gift of prayer the gift of being able to communicate with you Lord talking with you listening to you we thank you for that gift and Lord I pray that you would take us deeper as a church when it comes to prayer and that starts with each and every one of us Lord I pray that you would give us a willing heart a desire to go deeper with you in prayer Lord that our lives, this last 21 days, that there be habits we cultivated in the last 21 days that we carry into the rest of the year, one of them being prayer, Lord. Help us to go deeper with you in prayer. And Lord, I pray for those today who are maybe here and are carrying that weight of things that are completely outside of their control. Lord, I pray you would teach us how to release those things to you and experience the peace that you promised. In fact, I pray peace that peace that you talked about that transcends all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray that peace over your people today. And we thank you for what you've done. We'll give you all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. We love you, Lord. Thank you for what you do every week. Make sure you're back next week for Baptism Sunday. It'll be inside, like we said. If you know someone needs to get baptized, make sure you talk to them. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, we'll have the prayer team down front. We would love to pray with you. 
For those of you joining online, great to have you with us. We have a prayer team there as well and hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much, Pastor John, for another great message as we actually wrap up this House of Prayer series. Now, if you've missed any of the messages or maybe even wanna watch some of the devotional videos again, you can do all of that online. And again, it's great to just refresh your memory about the prayer patterns that we've learned and how you can implement them in your daily life. Now, I wanna remind you again that next Sunday is Baptism Sunday, and it's going to be so fun. And so if you are ready to take that next step of baptism and you've never been baptized before, be sure to go online, get signed up, or just show up on Sunday morning. We would love to celebrate your baptism with you. I'll see you next Sunday.